Good morning, all. It is Tuesday, February 14, Valentine's Day. The Big Sports Breakfast on Sky Sports Radio. A very good morning to you wherever and however you are listening. And uh, yesterday we witnessed the Kansas City Chiefs break the hearts of Jordan Mylata and Aaron Sipos of the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-35 in Super Bowl 57. We saw Kalen Ponga speak to the media for the first time in a long time. Uh, yesterday as well, and last night, the Women's Premier League auction uh, over there ahead of the inaugural double WPL in India ensured a great payday for several Aussie stars. And, uh, well, the best of the Mash Gardner, just shy of $560,000 for about three weeks' work uh, ahead of her. So, Pup, morning to you, mate. Uh, certainly a new era for our women's cricketers. Some life-changing figures there last night. I actually flicked it over and watched a bit of the broadcast. Gee, they had some teething issues, but they got the job done eventually. It was a hard watch there for a period, but uh, for our girls over there in South Africa at the T20 World Cup, well, I saw some comments. At least Perry was just out there doing a, a, a net practice or something while she got auctioned off for... 295,000, but overall, what an opportunity. Yeah, morning, boys. Morning to our listeners. Yeah, fantastic for the, the women's team um, or the women's players. They certainly deserve it the way they've played. There's no doubt about it. So, Ash Gardner, understandably, our highest paid player. I think uh, Cricket Australia might have done something online recently, and I think Elise Perry got voted the number one T20 Australian player. Um, that must have been, you know, online votes. But to me, Ash Gardner is worth every penny, especially in the subcontinent. Bats at the top of the order, bowls brilliant off spinners, uh, and he's magnificent in the field. So any sort of all-rounder over there, like we've seen in the men's IPLs, I think IPL, like Cameron Green, I think, went for $3 million, um, for the men's IPL. So, yeah, if you can bat bowl field, there's every chance you're going to get big money, and she certainly did. Uh, three weeks' pay, it's not bad, you know, to be honest. But, yeah, congrats to all the girls that get an opportunity pick up some, some very handy dollars that they deserve. Like I said, I don't think there's too many people that will uh, that will have a crack at the, at the Australian women's cricket team for earning any amount of money. They've been, if they haven't been the number one Australian sporting team in the past 10 years, they're, they're very close. They're in the conversation because their record is absolutely phenomenal. Loza, morning to you. Morning, boys. How are we? Yeah, pretty well. What would you make of Super Bowl 57 there yesterday? It was some game. It was a different game. Slippery field. I wasn't expecting it to be a point shootout, 38-35. At halftime, I thought Philly were just all over them. And I'm thinking, geez, what did Kansas City have to do here? The only saving grace for Kansas City was the fact that they just didn't have possession. They just didn't have possession. They played it so well in that first half. But then in the second half, Mahomes started to get his hands on the ball and worked his team down the field, um, even on one leg. Uh, he injured it there just before half time, but even on one leg, uh, he was still great. And, you know, he goes on and wins another Super Bowl. Uh, you know, got MVP. He joins the likes of Brady, Montana, and those type of guys. Um, but he's a superstar. We, we didn't see the best of Pat Mahomes, yet he was still able to deliver a Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chief, uh, Andy Reid, uh, a coach that. Dick has spoken about, Dick Fain has spoken about on our program uh, over the last couple of years, talking about the legacy that he leaves behind. He's one of the great coaches of 
um, the NFL. And I, I heard him interviewed after the game and they asked him what he was going to do. And he's famous for wearing his Hawaiian shirts <laughs> and eating cheeseburgers. He's a cheeseburger man. Yeah, he's an old school American bloke, mm. isn't he? You can yeah. just tell Andy Reid. But as far as the Aussies in the Super Bowl were concerned, well, Jordan Mylata was superb because uh, his job to protect the quarterback, Jalen Hurts, who had over 300 yards. He was, nearly, he was the best. He was the best player on the field. He really was. He just uh, second half, he's, his defense... Let him down. Mm. Yeah. Uh, all of a sudden, the game, you know, it was the old tale of two halves, really, yeah. wasn't it? He, 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 he fumbled the ball, uh, Hurts. and it was a costly error, though. It was a costly error. And I know that would have worked against him, but to, the, the way that he played, I, I thought he'd fall apart. And again, we're speaking to Dick about when he played at college. They replaced him in the championship game because mm. he was under pressure and wasn't handling it real well. So this was a defining moment for Jalen Hurts because he made that mistake, yet was able to rebound from it and then go on and have a wonderful individual game. But they were just too good in the end, the Kansas City Chiefs. Well done to them. Shame, though, isn't it, for Australia that we had two players, well, two, yeah, two um, players uh, on the Eagles, um, Sipos the punter, and he was getting... Like well, trolled too. Yeah, oh, heavily. They are brutal uh, Philly fans in mm. particular, and I've already heard some commentators yesterday saying it could go down as the worst punt in Super Bowl history. That's how they still had a chance are. to tackle him. Yeah, but, but, but apparently he's kicked to the wrong side of the field because the Gunners, as they're called, mm. uh, were going running it the wrong side of the field. So that I tell you what, I, I don't some know. Some breakdown in communication I, 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 or a lack of execution. I, I know it's a different game and I know there's so many schemes that they run and, you know, defensive systems that, that, that they are a part of over there. But I'm telling you, and again, I, I know it's a, it's a completely different game, but their tackle technique, I think you can improve it tenfold. It's like they just throw themselves. They don't, like yeah. head first <laughs> well, in half, the path half of the time, half the time, <laughs> attackers. Sorry, half the time, they they launch themselves too far away from the man with the ball. So if they change direction, you got no hope. And one of the keys to defending is, you know, what we you talk about in rugby league is, you know, trying to give the attacking player only one option. So if, if I'm defending you, what I try and do to you is either get to one side so you can only beat me one way. If you want to try and step me, basically you step back into me. But they just go straight to the man and they open themselves up for either shoulder to be beaten on. I, I mean, I just look at it and go, wow, there's an opportunity there for someone to go over there and help with their defence, in particular from our codes, because they get to learn so much. They get to learn plenty. Opportunity, opportunity. opportunity. <laughs> blocker's over there as we speak. Yeah, he's he's selling. <laughs> he's selling the dream, the big blocker. Oh, but honestly, you, when you watch the game and you see some of the, the players, how they just miss tackles and you just go, what are you doing? You know, just slow down, give yourself an opportunity and then get closer to the target for one and... Uh, just don't launch from so far away and you'll have a better chance of making a tackle. Uh, just on the text line, next time an NRL coach wants to carry on about a ref's call, they should have a listen to the Philadelphia coaches 
after-game comments. All class and realism. Uh, I haven't seen what Nick Sirianni, the Eagles coach, had to say, but I did see. Uh, so they got hosed. It looked like that call late in the game, Philadelphia, at a crucial point, um, which pretty much ensured that Kansas yeah. City, the penalty that their cornerback was called for James defensive Bradbury. holding... Uh, pretty much ensured that Kansas City could run down the clock and yeah. kick the field goal with only 11 or well, 8 seconds left, which pretty much ended the game. But he has come out and said it was a holding. I tugged on the jersey, which is all class, because looking at the replay, it was nothing, Loz. No, it was minor. Nothing. Minor, but he did have his hand there. He, he did have his hand there. But it was there. one of those ones you could say, well, you, you call go. them all day. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. But Bradbury himself, he said after the game, and he's the Philly cornerback, he said it was holding. I tugged his jersey. I was hoping they would let it slide. So he put his hand up. The coaches put their hand up. Um, of course, uh, Smith-Schuster would always say that he was pulled back and denied an opportunity. Uh, but it was a big call right at the death. Right at the death. Uh, hey, Mido, commiserations on your NFL multi going down, but I bet you are feeling better than the punter that had 50K on the unders. Tough game. The punt says the Spaniard. Well, just on that, the Spaniard. Uh, yes, out of the three legs in the multi we had yesterday, I was responsible for the two legs that didn't win. And Dick Fain's leg won. <laughs> Pacheco, who was player. one of the best on ground. Good player. Uh, but uh, you two gave me an absolute serve there yesterday, accusing me. In fact, I think I was compared to George Bailey at one point. Overthinking. Ooh. You were overthinking yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you did get a From bit you funky. Two. You got funky. Yeah, just you know, keep Cubans. it simple. You can just just well, learn from what? it. Just learn from well, it. Well, I did learn from it because what happened? What did I suggest? Don't know. A defensive touchdown. Okay. What happened, Lost? I got I got I got lost in all the myth that you're going on about. It was way too funky for me. So, please tell us. Well, Jalen Hurts fumbles the ball. Kansas City defense picks it up. Mm. End zone. Second quarter. There you go. What price? Three dollars seventy-five. Oh, have some of that. Well, have I just some want of an that. apology. I'm not sorry. I'm well done. Well done for that part of your loss. Thank you. What about Rihanna? Did you watch What'd her? What did you make of it? Didn't watch it. I liked her. She's great. She's pregnant. Yeah. Mm. So, well, Miles, what's oh, it? careful. Yeah, no, no, Care- no. She, she's confirmed it. Careful. After the, well, I was watching it with my daughter, and straight away she goes, she's pregnant. And I said, how do you know that? She said, I can tell, Dad. I can tell she's pregnant. And she gave a little bit of a rub to start with. And that was the key. That was, but I said, "What oh. songs did she go for?" Oh, she went with all of them. Yeah, yeah that was played at some stage. Of them. I yeah. can't remember yeah, what was okay. first. Oh, I can't remember. I was uh, dealing with the hot dog eating contest oh, there at, yeah, uh, I did at see the Stay that. Hotel. How'd, how'd that go down? Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> who won? <laughs> it looked messy. The bloke, in fact, the bloke who looked the most nervous uh, won because I saw him. He was where you know he was fidgety, mm-hmm. sort of out there, and he looked like you know skinny, odd, oh, medium build. Medium build. But, you know, the, the Hang hot on. dogs. Who's, am I medium build? <laughs> oh, look. What's medium build? Oh, look, he was just a, a normal, average looking bloke. What's normal? Was he, was he, was he my build? Was he Loz's build? Was he your build? Oh, he was probably. Closest to who? Probably closest to me. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't his first rodeo, though. Well, no, but he looked nervous beforehand. Okay. But then, uh, yeah, he really came home strong. I'll tell you what. Did I he think have the good got to, technique? They've all got to work on their technique. Oh, there was yeah. one bloke down the end who was dunking, you know, doing because yeah. that's what you, you got to dip. You, you got to dip, dip into, into the water, water. or the. Yeah. Oh, there was one bloke who insisted on putting more sauce on his. Oh. He asked <laughs> he for the go- sauce bottle. He was at one going stage. for flavour. <laughs> 
<laughs> but with about a yeah, minute I left, like he's it. like, give me the sauce. I, I was like, like what? Yeah, I like Interesting. It. Mate, listen, if you're going to go down, you want to go down with it tasting <laughs> nice, I reckon. I don't, I don't mind that technique. Anyone ask for onion? Uh, <laughs> it's not going to help you, surely. So, no, it was great How many atmosphere. hot dogs in well, how long? it was only three minutes. Because okay. they had to get through it to so everyone could watch the halftime show. So, uh-huh. um, and, and he got through three. But they were, so, you know, people think three in three minutes, not much. But they were, like, because you, you see them in the competitions, they don't look like the biggest hot yeah, dogs of all time. One bite, These yeah. were proper, like, Soft big, rolls or big hard rolls? They looked, no, oh, but they were soft rolls, but they were sizable. Like, okay. I, I looked at them and, I mean, yeah. like, getting through one's going to be, like, a massive mission. Yeah. So, to get through three. Okay. Uh, the ga- the um, the Gatorade was purple, I believe. I, s- I can't remember what price that was. Yeah, I didn't see the purple Gatorade. Yeah, it was purple. So all sorted. And uh, Jordan's Field of Nightmares is the back page of the Daily Telegraph. Jordan Mylata, unfortunately, uh, well, he spoke about how difficult the surface was yeah, yesterday and you couldn't really... Uh, get solid footing, but uh, he was superb, as mentioned himself, because uh, no issues with his quarterback, Jalen Hurts, there yesterday. It was the Philadelphia defense that, uh, well, didn't show up in the second half in particular. Couldn't strike a blow at all. Back page of the Herald, how Super Bowl Monday became the new Melbourne Cup. Andrew Webster sort of saying how, well, this uh, has become, well, just, I guess, talking about the boom in popularity, really, and especially with young people. Uh, and how this has just grown. Venue saying that, you know, in the last three, four years that their, you know, their bookings have tripled and quadrupled all around Sydney in particular uh, to get involved in Super Bowl Monday. Uh, now, also back page of the Australian, hurt so much as Chiefs deny Eagles in Thriller is the headline there. Uh, now, back page of the telly. Uh, her story exclusive game changing deals for female athletes. So we spoke about the uh, WPL uh, auction last night, and uh, we thought about half a dozen Aussies going for huge numbers for three weeks coming up with the inaugural Indian Women's Premier League. Uh, we're also very close uh, for the Rugby League Players Association in the NRL from at long last striking a deal to transform the NRLW. And uh, it looks like that the the season will go up to 20 games or 20 weeks this year and next year and eventually be 23 weeks by 2025. Uh, And the salary cap in that time, well, by 2027, can get upwards of $1.5 So that is incredible for the women's game if they can strike this deal. Yeah, I think that the girls have certainly earned an opportunity um, to earn this type of money over the last couple of years with the way that they've conducted themselves uh, on the field. Um, it's been a, a TV rating success. Um, they generate income into the game of, of rugby league um, and it's about time that they were paid accordingly. Um, they'll start off with a $700,000 salary cap. I think the squads will be around 24 players plus, I think they said, four development players. Uh, there'll be support for uh, uh, women if they get pregnant, um, and and provisions for their for their leave when when that happens. Um, you know, minimum wage. Um, they'll get every right that the players have have got in their uh, bargaining agreements. Um, it's a high like it's a it's a quick uh, growing game. Uh, there's a lot of young women out there that that want to play rugby league. 
Uh, so well done to them. And if they could pull this off, this would be great going forward for them um, because there's an opportunity now to be a full-time professional athlete, which is what they've all been after. Back page of the Australian, green in doubt for second test return. Back page of the City Morning Herald, green light. Uh, All-rounder racing clock for return is the headline there. So we're ahead of the second test in Delhi on Friday. Cameron Green still a major doubt to play. In fact, News Corp saying that you know they were pointing to him doing a fielding drill using a softball and... Uh, so, you know, they're obviously very, very concerned about his finger and uh, trying to ensure that it's as uh, much repaired as possible, Clarkie. But, uh, you know, I guess the fact that those pitches over there, you don't necessarily get ones that uh, jump off the, the surface and hit you in the fingers. But at the same time, it doesn't sound too convincing that he'll be ready to play in this second test. Well, I, I think by the sounds of it, there's too much doubt already. It sounds like he's able to bowl. He's not able to bat. Mm. Uh, and obviously fielding's a concern. So, yeah, I think if you're, you're this close to the test match and there's still so much doubt, he hasn't played a game, um, we've just seen conditions are not easy. It's going to be hard to bat. There's no doubt about it. And if he goes in and has to bowl, he's going to have to bowl plenty of overs. So, yeah, I think it's a tough one. There's um, probably three million reasons why he wouldn't want to play this test match either, ooh. if he's not right. Well, if he, yeah, if he busts it again, he will miss the IPL. Mm. So, yeah, I think... Um, I think for the well, the problem is this test really for mine is make or break. So if Australia don't win this test match, they're not winning the series. So you've no, got to they've not. just got to oh, if if they think he can if they think he can play at the the percent he needs to play to help us win the test match. Like every player is different. You know, the, the, the myth that you've got to be 100% to take the field is a load of rubbish. I think I played five test matches at 100%. Um, you know, you always got something. You've always got a niggle. You always got something wrong. Your mental fatigue, or you know, tweaked your hamstring, or done your back, whatever it was. So, if he can do his job, if he can take five wickets, and if he can make a hundred, then pick him. He's that important to the team. But it seems like he's he's not even close to that. Seems like if he hasn't been hasn't been able to face the quicks in the nets and 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 do all of that and it's going to be hard for him to walk out and play. But it sounds like Hazelwood's out. Stark's still in doubt. Cameron Green's still in doubt. So, And listening to Andrew McDonald, it seems like he's very set on if the players don't pull up fit, he's going to go to the same team, by the sounds of it. It, it, it doesn't, mate, team. it doesn't, it sounds oh, to me like they're, they're in so deep that they they don't oh. think they can get out. They don't They don't want to own the fact that you know, they made an error with their selections in the first test match. So, yeah, I think they, I think the selectors and Andrew McDonald and Pat Cummins will be praying to God that um, Stark and Cameron Green pull up fit. So at least they can make a couple of changes. Uh, lessons learned. Ponga vows stronger leadership after integrity unit running on the back page of the Australian. Uh, and he spoke yesterday for the first time since his toilet cubicle incident last year. He says he was sick from food and also conceded he didn't know the effects that alcohol can have on concussion. He was extremely remorseful, uh, saying that, you know, it was such a difficult period for him. One of the most difficult he's had to deal with, in fact, saying he needs to be a better leader, set new standards. And he didn't play that first trial on Friday due to a calf injury, but he's expected to play 5-8th in the first half against Parramatta on Friday. I just get the feeling, and Buzz mentioned it yesterday, and you know, I 
got got a couple of big Knights fans in my life as well. Just lost some. I don't know. He needs to win over those fans again. I think lost this year. Oh, the easiest way to do that is just to play good footy. Play good footy. Everything's forgotten about. You just move on. Talk about what's happening on the field. <laughs> it's been the golden rule for a hundred years. <laughs> So true, and it'll continue to be the golden rule if you play good. It was good better. Sport. Off, it was better off not doing that press conference yesterday, though. Loz, he had to face the media at some stage. Yeah, but he'd been on saying, "Mate, no comment. I'm not, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it." Did you watch it? Yeah. And what did you think? Uh, uncomfortable, oh. <laughs> <laughs> mate. Oh, I can. Yeah. Imagine if I did a press conference like that. I would be reading about it for two months, not a month. Mate, come on. He's better off when asked certain questions that you don't want to answer. Better off saying, I'm not here to speak about that. He's going to keep getting asked, though. Now, should should he not be asked anymore after watching what you just saw? Do you believe every word you heard in that press conference? <laughs> what do you think? Enough said. <laughs> oh, I agree with you, Loz. Concentrate on scoring tries and making tackles because he is an absolute superstar of a player. And I think everyone wants to see him on the field. I think the Knights want to see him play that consistent footy that we see we see for Queensland. I think – and you know what? Maybe it, maybe it's taken something like this as well for him to go, rightio, I've got to make sure I'm – I'm the leader of this team and I'm playing the best footy I can. We're going to preview the seasons of the Broncos and Raiders shortly. You've got to get through these before the start of the uh, season. Not far away now. Uh, just also to kick off in less than an hour's time this morning is the Merseyside Derby. Over there at Anfield, Liverpool $1.65 with Tab. Everton $5.00. The draw is $3.90. Stacks of markets open on your tab app for that one uh, later this morning. Uh, we didn't get to the Tigers, Captain. So last night, uh, they put out a statement, the club, Appy Coruscant, set to be the Tigers' captain. And remember that Coruscant took the mickey out of the club during the Panthers' premiership celebrations and their, I guess, prospects going forward. But he's got there, he's made an impression, and we know his record and his experience. And uh, they've gone his way. I'll tell you what, though, Loz... I just think the Adam Dewey situation is interesting because he spoke recently about how he'd love to be captain. He's got a one-year extension on the table. Yeah, well, uh, now that you've mentioned it, uh, you're quite right. Uh, I think there must be something bubbling behind the surface there, underneath the surface, because um, Adam Dewey, I thought, would be a long-term play for the Tigers to try and re-sign him. Uh, There's no... um, Well, there's a whisper around that, obviously... They're going hard for Mitch Moses, and if that's the case, they probably want him to play half. And um, I know he's great mates with Luke Brooks, so that might be the combination they're looking to go forward with. But Adam, Adam Dewey, uh, from what I saw last year, I thought he was close to their best, um, and certainly their player, the player that um, looks more than likely to to do most things on a football field for the Tigers. He's got a bit of help this year, which will be good. Uh, but you could be right, you know. You could be right. You know, there might be some. Uh, things happening out there at Tigerland, which indicates that that he's not part of their long-term future. But I suppose, like all players, if you go out there and put your performances out there on the pitch and play well, uh, you can change people's minds um, or you get other people interested from other clubs. And if that's the game that the Tigers are playing, by only looking at extending him for one more season, then they run the risk of losing him. If he comes out in the first month and brains it, well, there'll be plenty of teams knocking on the door of Adam Dewey. 
Are you fine with Appy Coruscant being your captain this year, Papa? Yeah, after he yeah. scoffed whilst probably, you know, yeah. plenty deep post a grand final <laughs> yeah. triumph about uh, the club's, you know, chances of being successful. Yeah, I didn't like that at the time. At there, was no need, there was no need to take the mickey out of the club he just signed with. Um, but I think he also come out pretty quickly and said, yeah, I probably had too much to drink and mm. didn't think before I acted, which we've all done that. So, no, nah, play on. I, I think he's, well, he's a superstar player. Um, he, he's, he's our most important player. Uh, doesn't mean that makes you the right guy to lead the team, but from, from what everyone said about even his time at Penrith, he, he's a leader, whether he's got that C beside his name or not. So, deserves it. I think he'll, he's, he's going to be a massive player for us this year and while he's at the Tigers. Um, and I think we're going to have to work out a plan because he's going to be playing Origin again, I think. Um, so to combat that time. But, yeah, I think he'll do a great job. I just yeah, I hope um, I hope we can just start the season well. I know it was only a troll game, as Loz said the other day, and a lot of our players weren't there. But let's hope we see a better performance this weekend. And, um, yeah, let's just hope we get off to a good start. I think that's going to be the key for the Tigers this season. Okay, let's talk the Brisbane Broncos for season 2023 after in 2022 they finished ninth with a late season collapse, although still had a winning record with 13 wins and 11 defeats. Uh, The market with Tab has them $17 to win the premiership. Uh, They're $3.50 to make the top four, $1.68 to make the top eight or $2.10 to miss the top eight. And uh, the most losses market this year, they're $34. Their gains and losses... Well, Reese Walsh is the big one uh, from the Warriors back at the club. Martin Topo from Manly and Jock Madden from the West Tigers as well. Their losses, well, David Mead and Ryan James, they've retired. Tamari Martin went to the Warriors. Brenko Lee, Tessie New off to the Dol- Dolphins. Uh, Tyson Gamble's gone to Newcastle. Zach Hosking to Penrith. Jake Turpin to the Roosters. And, uh, well... Reese Kennedy, Tyrone Roberts, Albert Kelly, all released as well. Jermaine Asako left last year uh, when he went to the Gold Coast Titans. So the Broncos, particularly their forward pack, look strong, Loz. I like the Broncos, the look of the Broncos too. You know, you speak about their forward pack. You've got uh, big, strong front rowers, young front rowers in particular with Payne Haas and and Flegler. Um, Experience in the back row with with, uh, Capel and also Paddy Carrigan. their back line is exciting. They've got some serious strike in this back line. The one question mark I have over their back line is that all those players from one to six are going to be, more than likely going to be, extremely good players that could play 200 first-grade games, but they've all got massive errors in them. They've all got a big error in them. So if they can eliminate that from their game, I think this back line is up there with the best in the business, as in the best in the comp. Mm. Like well, Reese Walsh is so, such an exciting player. Corey Oates is a uh, origin winger. Katoni Staggs, we didn't see the best of him in origin last year. Herbie Farmworth in international. Selwyn Cobble, I've got a massive rap on him. And Ezra Mann hit the ground running when he was given an opportunity in first grade. And they're all young. But they've got big... Big blues in them. That that's the the thing that you want out of their game. So if they can eliminate that, go forward through the likes of Flegler, Carrigan, Haas. 
Like they're playing on the front foot. And the Broncos, five weeks out from the competition, five weeks out from the finals last year, were in the top four. So, so they've got it in them. I, but I, I want to see them be consistent. And I want to see how they handle that origin period again this year because some of their forwards will be involved in the Queensland origin team. But it's an exciting roster, certainly capable of playing finals football. But the thing that concerns me is they've all got errors in them. But if they can eliminate that from their game, I think this will be an exciting footy team. I think they've got a question mark at hooker. Yeah, but you can get away with rotating a couple of number nines in Billy Walters and, and Corey Pakes. I, I think they can get away with that. I, I, you know, if they had an Abby Coruscant or a Harry Grant, yes, you'd be saying these this guys these guys are certainly to play finals football. They're not creative halves, uh, dummy halves, but what they are do, they're very competitive. Um, and the style of footy that they played last year will suit a Billy Walters or a Corey Park. So I, 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 while you could throw in a, you know, a gun number nine, which would turn them around, the Broncos, significantly, and have a drastic improvement in their game, I think they can still get away with these two players. Uh, I think they've got a bit of depth this year. They're coming off the back of the heartbreak of missing out on finals football last year. They're always under pressure because they're a big club, the Brisbane Broncos. It looks as though Kevy's about to be announced as a uh, an extension on his on his contract, uh, which gets, gives them stability and some certainty. Um, but I'm interested to see how these young guys combine because they've got speed, they've got size, and they've got ability. Uh, they've got Adam Reynolds there, who is very very good at controlling the tempo of a game. He's got to play at least 20 games for the Broncos. Um, if he can do that, then that'll be significant. Um, he'll help with their development. But this is a young team on the rise. I, I would think they, they play finals footy this year. On the eighth line of betting, yeah, Stags and Farnworth. That's a strike in the centres. Well, I think they've got strike all over the joint. Cobo. Like, like Cobo's a, such a wonderful player. You know, Corey Oates, we know what he can he can do. He, he's he's more than steady as a winger in, in first grade. You know, every time he plays Origin, he plays well. Reese Walsh, X factor, but has he got the consistency in his game? Reese Walsh now has had a couple of years where he's been, you know, touted as the next big thing. You've got to see it in his game this year. This is his third season. He should be pushing up around the ball. He's got a you know electric speed. He's got to be able to make sure that defensively the Broncos are strong. They don't get loose through the middle, which they did at times last year. And they've got to be able to make their one-on-one tackles. And that's where teams will start to isolate some of these players in the defensive line. Ezra Manns, you know, not a big guy, but gets his body in front. Same with Adam Reynolds. Um, Stags and, and Farmworth are very, very good um, defensively. But sometimes they have eyes only for their opponent. They actually don't scan the defence and see what they're about to throw at them, what type of shape. So that has to improve. Uh, but I can see the Broncos improving this season. And they don't have to improve by much to make the finals. Okay, we're up to the Raiders for season 2023 after they finished eighth last year. 14 wins, 10 defeats in the finals. They went to Melbourne and beat the Storm in an elimination final 28-20. And they went to Parramatta and got toasted by the Eels 40-4 in the second week of the finals. The market with Tab has the Raiders $21 to win the premiership this year, $4.75 to make the top four. 
$2.10 to make the top eight. They're $1.68 to miss the eight. And in the most losses market, they're at $26. Their gains and losses are a few gains. They've uh, got Denny Levi from Huddersfield and Pasami Solo from Newcastle. They've lost uh, Josh Hodgson to Parramatta, although he didn't play last year. Adam Elliott to the Knights. Charles Nickel Clustar to the Warriors. Ryan Sutton went to Canterbury. Loz, your Raiders for season 2023. How optimistic? Uh, very optimistic about them playing finals football. Um, and once you get there, anything can happen. But, I mean, if you're looking at the squad, you're going, there's a, other teams that you rate in front of them. You know, your Penrith, your Roosters, uh, those type of teams. You just see them as being a standout at the moment compared to all the other lists in the NRL. But the Raiders, they've got good depth. They've got a lot of young kids that have been given an opportunity over the last couple of years that will take that next step up or need to take that next step up. And I'm talking of the likes of Xavier Savage. Unfortunately for Savage, though, he got injured on the weekend. It looks like he'll miss the first month of football with a broken jaw. Um, that's not great because I think he's got a massive future. Uh, last year, was great to see Tomoko and Seb Chris establish themselves in the centres. Um, unfortunately, Jared Croker missed a large part of last season. He's back, so he'll put a bit of pressure on those two to start the year. Um, so they've got a bit of depth in that position. Um, at the start of last year, they missed their halfback, Jamal Fogarty. And I thought at the back end of the season, he and Jack Whiten started to perform really well with each other. That looked as though it was a combination that will work. Uh, and give the Raiders stability and a bit of strike. Um, Jamal just takes the pressure away from Jack. You look at their forward pack, it's tough, it's uncompromising. Joe Tarpany last year, along with possibly James Fisher-Harris, were the two best front rowers in the game. And if Tarpany can play like he did last year, he'll take this team forward. They've got depth in the hooking position. They've got Wolford, they've got Starling, and obviously they've signed Denny Levi. Adam Elliott will be a big loss because he provided them with a bit of go... like a lot of go forward plus a little bit of ball playing ability. But you look at Hudson Young, you'd think there'd be natural improvement there. Elliot Whitehead's a professional and Corey Hurrawira Naira. Um, Emery Gould is another one. Uh, big red, Corey Horsburgh. Um, these are young guys that now need to take that next step and become real strong leaders within the group. And if they get that improvement, their forward pack has depth, it's got size and it's got ability. Uh, and then you've got strike out wide. So, the Raiders, for mine, um, they've got a team that should be playing finals football. Now, whether they can win the comp or not is another story, but I think they're a definite for the top eight. And they've got a not a bad draw to start with. I mean, Cowboys away, that's going to be a difficult game. But remembering the Cowboys, I think, lost to the Bulldogs in round one last year. Then they've got the Dolphins. Um, that's away as well. So they've got two trips to Queensland. To start yeah, the season. But, but taking on the Dolphins, you, you, you know. <laughs> you're expecting you're two expecting, points, you, but... You're expecting to win. Um, you, know, not, you know, Cowboys away, yep, you could chalk that down to us. Come home, your first home game's against the Sharks. The Sharks will be very competitive this year, like they were last season. So that's not a give me, but you're at home. So that's in your favour. And then you've got the Knights. Um, so, you know, the, the, the Raiders could start the year very strongly. Um, and this is a team that's been together... There hasn't been too many disruptions in terms of changing of the squad. They've all been there for the last couple of years. And I think they look more stable 
this year than what they were last year. So that's the Raiders for this season. By the way, what about the scenes of Maria there on Sunday? We had Mick Wayman bringing last week. I, one of our listeners sent me videos of you know the lines from everyone going into Aquayman Oval down there. It just looked awesome, awesome oh, again. Anytime you take a game of footy to the uh, footy to the country, it always is exactly. massive. And mm. the fact that the ovals only hold five to ten thousand mm. people, but the crowd travel from far and wide. Mm. And they love love it because they don't get the opportunity to see their superstars and their heroes play on a regular basis. You know, they have to travel to Sydney. And that's a massive trip because it's four or five hours away. But to get the opportunity for these players to be at the home ground, it will be supported and always has been supported when you take a game to the country. And I think the Charity Shield is on at Mudgee this weekend. And that'll be another um, packed house there when the Dragons take on South Sydney on, on Saturday. Uh, it's always been well supported. And these grounds in the bush are different to, to what they were 20 years ago. Mm. They're so well prepared and they look after their ovals and they get it in the best possible shape for the NRL players so they can't complain about the surface. Mm. You know, Particularly they, they, this one at Mudgee. They, they just oh. take great pride in making sure that the people from the city, they turn up and they see a field as good as anywhere they would play. And I know, uh, I think Michelle from Dubbo texted in yesterday wondering what the drag and what the, um, it is the Saturday. teams is are doing this Sunday? week. It is Saturday. Yes, it is. Yeah, I think yeah, it's Saturday. Saturday. Yep. It's Saturday. Yep. Uh, and uh, I know there's a there's a clinic there on Thursday. Yep. I, I'm not sure the details, but I, I have no doubt that the teams will be involved yep. uh, during the week there in Mudgee. Well, they do such a great job, Desi Kennedy in uh, the council up there in Mudgee because they bring events to the town. And when you bring events to the town, you're injecting money into the local community. Mm-hmm. And every time you go to Mudgee, you'll always have a good time because there's plenty of things to do up there. And the Kiama Bulldog is texting. I'd like to thank the Big Sports Breakfast and its callers for notifying me the Bulldogs were training at Jeringong on Friday. Loved it. Shout out to Josh Reynolds and Matt Burton for their incredible patience with the kids. They were crowd favourites. Uh, the kind of bulldog writes in. So, yep, we know the value of taking our players to the bush and what it does. Keep the text coming. 0419767272, on the open line number. Coming up uh, this morning on the Big Sports Breakfast, we've got Terry Evans, who is still basking in the glory of the win of Sir Ravenelli. There at uh, its home track there at Tun Curry there on Sunday in the first New Haven Park Mid well, Country Championships qualifier, the Mid North Coast qualifier on Sunday. He's coming up after the news. Adam Pengilly, Angus Glover from the Sydney Kings. They've got their first semi final tomorrow night against Cairns in Sydney. Uh, Stewie Clark. We'll get his assessment of the first test and what we do ahead of the second test starting Friday. Yesterday in Super Bowl 57, Kansas City 38, Philadelphia 35. At the Phoenix Open in the Gulf, Scotty Scheffler is back as world number one after going back-to-back at the Phoenix Open. So he takes over from Rory McIlroy at the top of the rankings. Aussie Jason Day finished fifth in the Sheffield Shield. And uh, New South Wales and Tasmania... So New South Wales posted eight for 417 in their first dig and then rolled Tassie for 236. Uh, the Blues then declared at one for 105. So Tassie and none for six and need 287 uh, to win this match. And, uh, well, for the Blues, well, on day one, Daniel Hughes at 178 in their first dig. 
uh, in the bowlers. Well, Adam Zampa, three for 41, and uh, Sean Abbott, three for 40. But there were some calls for Zampa to get a shot over there mm. in the test squad. Uh, but he's performed well there. And then uh, mentioned that declaration. One You're our man for um, averages. Can, can you look up what Daniel uses first grade? First class. First class. Mm. Uh, averages would be. He seems to be a guy that just gets runs. I'm going to say 44. Uh, no, 65 first class games. Averages 36.37. Oh, 700. I would have thought he would runs. average more than that. Mm. He seems to be just getting runs every time he goes out to bat, whether it's in a, a good couple T20 years, yeah. or a one day or a first class game. Because he was always. Was he on the cusp or not? Not really. Uh, I think his oh, his name's certainly spoken about yeah. for sure. Yeah, I think he's. I think he only lasts, because he just keeps. I don't know, every time I keep seasons, hearing yeah. about New South Wales, it's always him getting the runs. Yeah, well, Blues haven't had much to mm. brag about of late. So anyone making runs, like what did, what did he make there? Middle one seventy, one seventy eight. Nothing mm. wrong with that, especially at the moment. If guys are not making runs in the Australian team, this is where you want to be. You want to be in good nick. Mm. Um, I, I thought I saw. I can't remember who said it. I saw some comments the other day about they're talking about dropping David Warner Please. and opening the batting with Travis, oh, Travis Head. Head. Yeah, that can't be right, can it? <laughs> no, it's surely a, that's a, that was a theory, an article put for. Well, I think you know what it was. Mitchell Johnson called for it over in his column over in the West Australian. Said what? Drop David Warner? Yes, and put Travis Head at the top of the order. Please, what are we doing? Don't surely, know, Clarky, mate. Did he get? Didn't well, he, outside double... his, uh, he did outside his two hundred, which is two hundred on still, Boxing Day. Still... The theory was outside of that that you know his numbers have been lean for for quite some time now. But you can't just say you can't just dismiss that two hundred. He got two hundred. Yeah, <laughs> still a double hundred. Like I think the especially over there, Davy actually needs to play with that really aggressive intent mm. to take on the new ball. I, I think you know looking at how a few of the blokes got out in the in the first certainly the. Uh, both innings, both innings, but in that first test match, I think we're, we're a little bit tentative. We're not backing our defence. We're not looking to score. And I think I, I heard um, Pat Cummins say it again after the test match, and I heard it a few times. If you sit there and block, you're going to get one with your name on it. Well, I think you have to be able to defend. That's what test cricket's about. You've got to be able to bat for long periods of time to make your runs. But... His point, and I do agree with this part, is strike rotation. So good intent allows you to try and score, which means you've got to use your bat to score, not your pad, and then look to get up the other end. So if that's to a fast bowl, a good soft hands defend, your partner backing up and you get a short single. If it's against spin, it's that playing with the spin to actually get, get hit the ball into the gap to get up the other end as well. So I, I just hope that they haven't got the attitude that, oh, we, we've got to try and get them before they get us. Like sometimes on an absolute raging green seamer, you think like that, or if the wicket is day five and spinning so much, you've got to make the most of any loose ball. But... Uh, they they have to understand in 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 those conditions, you need a good solid defence. You need to be able to rotate the strike. But test cricket, the way you make big hundreds is bat for long periods. Yeah, I I reckon all the best teams you, you have to know your opposition, but you don't worry about your opposition. Mm. Worry about I, your I, own backyard. You, you, you worry I about agree. your and and you you go out with the mindset of this is what we're going to do. Yeah. Rather than this is what we've got to stop. Yep. 
And if, if you do that, I, I think you're in a better mindset straight away. And I think well, we, when you're at we, your worried, best, we worried too much about what they were going to do and the or thinking what they were going to do. And when you're at your best, you actually don't even look at the like, – you, you've you got do, a clear mind. Yeah, you do the research. You know who yeah. you're up against. You know yeah. the conditions. But you go, mate, I actually don't care who we're playing and in what conditions, we'll beat you. Yep. That's your attitude. Yep. And I think that's what I said the other day about playing in India. Take Get out of your head that you need, you need to win on day five. If you win on day two, who cares? Yep. One more run. That's all you need. Mm. Doesn't matter what it looks like. Doesn't matter what it feels like. Just one more run than the opposition. Yeah. That's that's how they've got to think. Yeah. And if, if you've got that positive mindset, you're going there thinking that you're the best. Yeah. And this is what we're going to do. This is our little. This is our tactics for yeah. this game. We're going to be aggressive where we possibly can yeah. be. We're going to rotate the strike so they don't get four or five balls. At us at once. Well, I think AB, Alan Border made a really good point as well. I don't know if he said it or if it was, or he wrote it, but he, uh, he's getting frustrated with watching the blokes, the Australian batsmen praise the Indian bowlers. So the Indian bowler bowls a good ball, you play and miss, and our batsmen are going, well bowled. Mm. AB's saying, mate, forget that. Forget the saying, well bowled, and just concentrate on, bowl me a bad one, I'm going to smack it out of the park. Sort of amazing, isn't it? Because when, again, Going back to sort of when I was playing, Tim Sheens would always say, like, body language is so important. Yeah. So even if you're buggered, don't show so, yeah. the opposition yeah. you're buggered. Yep. You know, because as soon as you do, they're coming at you. Yeah. They've identified you. And I was listening to the commentators talk the other day about, not so much about the thumbs up, but about, you know, if they miss and play a ball, like they'll stare at the pitch and do the, oh, something's really bad happening. And they're saying, well, what do you reckon's happening with the bloke that's about to come in next? Yeah, exactly right. What's he thinking? Yeah, true. He thinking, oh, geez, this pitch is doing... And the bowler. The bowler's licking his lips yeah. if you're doing yeah. that. Yeah. So it was just sort of interesting when I heard that that comment, which is yeah. sort of, I, I reflect back now. I think Smith and, and Labuschagne do it. They, they have this, this habit of if the ball swings away, they play and miss the ball and they go, oh, look, like they're showing yeah. like they want to show the people at home on TV, oh, that was a big outswinger yeah. or, oh, geez, that spun big or, geez, that shot along the ground. Like... Yeah. Mate, we don't care. We can see it on TV. Yeah. You don't need to show us. Mm. <laughs> you just please do me a favour. Hit it. Yeah, <laughs> but it's one of those ones where it's so, it's so important body language because if you've got the batsman thinking like that, the yeah. bowler he's up and about going, oh yeah, they're yeah. worried about me here. And if the bloke's sitting on the sideline ready to come in next, he's wondering what the he's, pitch is doing. It's spinning meters. Yeah, exactly right. Time to talk some racing and uh, what a win it was on the weekend for Sir Ravinelli on Sunday. Charged into the April 1 final for the New Haven Park Country Championships, winning the Tunkari Country Championship race there on Sunday. Joining us is the trainer. A nice local victory it was for Terry Evans. Terry, good morning to you. Good morning, guys. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. And congratulations on a great performance from Sir Ravinelli there on Sunday. And Daryl McClellan, your jockey, had the cross from that wide gate. Uh, watching back, how confident were you in the run? Uh, in the run, I was pretty confident. But before the before the race, obviously, we had a few nerves. From uh, We thought we'd come in a little bit in the gates when the bar- uh, reserves didn't get a start. But then by the start time, we ended up going out further to 13. So... That was a bit nerve-wracking, but once Digger took control, we were quite happy. How did he pull up, Terry, and, and how did he get him ready for the championships? Yeah, well, it was a pretty tough day with the heat and, you know, all the people around. Like, there's more tears out there in the crowd than I've ever seen before in my life. But um, he was a bit tired, obviously, with the heat, and we'll get him down the beach this week and just give him a bit of body surfing up and down through the, 
the salt water and try and recover him and maybe might just give him a trial before the championships in Sydney. Yeah, you mentioned a few tears, so give us an insight into the background of this horse, uh, Terry, and uh, and what this means to you and the connections, of course. Well, the the owners, firstly, they're the, the important ones apart from the horse. Um, they've put their money up and we've had a fun ride with him since we bought him from New Zealand out of the tri- uh, the uh, trials, which is always a bit of a gamble, but we, you know, we did a bit of homework and found him and our connections through Steve Hart and Andrew Reichart and the connection in New Zealand. Um, you know, it's just a nice horse and we've had a really good run with him and the owners are so excited. It's, uh, it's not funny, yeah. Must have been extra special to win at home, though. It was extra special, yeah. We had a pretty big week trying to promote it uh, as best we could. Being the only trainer on course, and Dave was up there, obviously, on course um, broadcasting live. And, uh, yeah, we did every interview under the sun, I think, to try and promote it. (laughs) (laughs) And a bit of a relief to win. (laughs) Did uh, surely some celebration on Sunday night? Yeah, Yeah, we had a fairly, well... Because of the heat, we had a few quiet drinks. We we actually finished pretty early, about nine thirty ten, back at the Tuncurry Beach Bowling Club. They were waving the sash around and a few trophies and tears again, and uh, reliving the race. You had another horse in the race too, didn't you? Yeah, she ran a great race. I was quite happy with Par Avion. She's a little thing. We paid nothing for her, and and she's been a really good performer. She ran fifth, got beat three lengths. And Jenny Duggan, she rode her a treat. She she thought she made a few little mistakes, but you couldn't. Couldn't blame Jenny. She ran a great race. Um, so she'll go to the ripper charge. Hopefully it's going. Uh, now, I see, in fact, for the final, uh, Sir Ravenelli's $26. Do you feel a little bit disrespected by that, Terry, that probably oh, should be no, shorter that, in the market? No, nah, that doesn't bother me anymore. We're past all that. <laughs> the bigger the price, the better for us. That's it. <laughs> now, Terry, we've got a text message here. Hey, guys, oh, it's just refreshed on me. Can you please ask Terry about... He's gilding Classic Bright. I've got a share oh, in. So keen to understand where it's at this prep. That's from Jimmy. Okay. Yeah, he, um, he ran a good race first up in on the same day. Uh, he drew barrier one and Serge Lisney rode it, and he'd be looking to get up further in distance, obviously. And uh, he just followed the rail, and he, he only got beat like 3.5, I think, first up over a mile. So quite happy with him. Uh, heading forward, we'll probably give him another one over the same distance and then step him up. Think he's you, recovered good. Thinking about some horses you've had, Arise Augustus, not doubtful. I mean, where would Sir Ravinelli rate as far as talent's concerned? Of course, hopefully we see the best of him still to come. Yeah, yeah, talent, he's probably the best one we've had. But Arise Augustus, we loved him. Mm. Andrew Voss was in him, you might know. And uh, Andrew had a lot of fun with him. Mm. I think he won a lot of money too, Andrew. He's still got it. Named after the great <laughs> Gus Gould, was it? For <laughs> <laughs> <Sir> Augustus. <laughs> Augustus, yeah. No, he uh, he was a terrific horse for us. It didn't matter wherever you went, he'd run a place. You know, first, second, third or fourth. Took him to town, he'd run a good race and you could lead with him or you could ride him back and uh, he was a great horse for us. Yeah. Well, Terry, congratulations once again and uh, it was great seeing, seeing that on Sunday afternoon. Uh, good luck as you prepare Sir Ravenelli for the big final, April 1. All right, thanks, guys. Terry Evans, trainer there at Tuncurry. Yep, $26 is Sir Ravenelli at this stage for the final. It is through uh, for day one of the championships. Now, uh, also, we're talking before about the Raiders and the dogs, the game in Maria there.
Uh, g'day, lads. I understand the Raiders donated the entire gate takings from Sunday's game to Group 16. A great gesture by the green machine, says Blue Bag. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Mido, but it wouldn't surprise me if that's what they've done um, or did. Um, look, I think any time you get to take a football team to the country, it's very well supported, but you also have to give back as well. Um, and someone texted in before about how you know the Bulldogs were down there on the Saturday and they trained and they got an opportunity to go, kids got an opportunity to go and see... Uh, they're heroes and they lined up for autographs. I think that's one of the special things that um, the, the kids really uh, look back on fondly when they grow older. And that's one of the reasons why they get involved in the game of rugby league because they can see their heroes, they get photos with the heroes and then they become a lifelong fan. And if they're a lifelong fan, you know, then, they, then they support the game and they you know, continue to, to watch their heroes play, they continue to support a club, they buy merchandise, they'll buy, buy a season ticket and, and that's how it all sort of operates and the world goes round. But I, I just think, you know, the more we get the games out to the bush where people can't see it, the better we'll be. We'll be. Don't forget, big sports breakfast lunch coming up Friday week. Got to get your tickets. Time's running out. Wink stand, Raw Ramwick, Socceroos coach Graham Arnold's going to be one of the guest speakers. Blocker will be there. And uh, your usual BSB and Racing HQ favourites as well. It's going to be a great afternoon. There's going to be a comedian as well. Plenty of laughs, plenty of banter. So just get your tickets, australianturfclub.com.au, australianturfclub.com.au to secure your seat and your tables today. Adam Pengilly, good morning. Jared, morning, boys. Who's going to be the comedian, Jared, at the lunch? Have you got someone locked in yet? Or... Uh, Ooh, yeah, there question. is someone locked in. Okay, to see is it, obviously. I forgot the name. But, uh, yeah, I'll have to ask our fearless leader, Will. But someone is locked in. I wasn't sure if you guys have been working on your stand-ups or anything like that. that. No, no, (laughs) never funny. Well, Loz, Loz. Loz's got a couple of dad jokes he can get up and do. (laughs) Are you doing a a Rob Brown. Oh, Rob Brown. Rob Brown's a comedian. Never heard of Rob Brownie. Is Brownie good? I've never heard of Rob Brown. Okay. Is Brownie from Sydney? New South Wales? Is he out of town? Know. Don't know. I don't know. Okay. I've just got a message. Rob Brown. Radio Brownie. What do you got for us? So Brownie will be leading the charge. Mm. All right. Better Come than your dad go. jokes, surely. What's that? Better than your dad jokes. Uh, I might do a repertoire. Oh. Get up and sample a few. See what they're like. Have you... Uh, see what the reaction is. Just on... Um, oh, Completely different topic that just I just thought of. Have you showered the missus, Adam, yet with the you know flowers and chocolates on Valentine's oh, Day? No, no, no. We we have an agreement many many years ago, Jared, that Valentine's Day doesn't mean much in our household, mate. Okay. So um, when you've been married for a while, it just doesn't doesn't mean much. I know it might sound terrible, but you sort of celebrate your anniversaries and don't worry too much about that's Valentine's disgraceful. Day. Adam. <laughs> <laughs> here, here, here comes Doctor Love says, over here. Says the man who forgot yeah. it was his anniversary actually, a week ago. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. We had to tell him. I think, I think somebody messaged through, Loz, congratulations on your wedding anniversary. He goes, what? I'll stop at the service station to get something. When you're happily married, Adam, you do something for your partner every day. Oh, every time, God. every day is Valentine's Day with you. That's for sure. Oh, I actually saw in the Telegraph last week they had uh, gift ideas. How about some personalised Heinz saucy sauce? 
So you can what? get a personalised bottle of, you know, like creamy mayonnaise. <laughs> the name on it. Well, you can put, you know, you and your your partner's name on the front of a Heinz bottle. Oh, my God. So okay. that's uh, one suggestion. Mm. There's what, also... what, what, what's your go-to, Loz, on Valentine's Day? You've got to have something up your sleeve today, surely. Uh, something, no, I don't, mate. I'm, I'm a bit like you. <laughs> do you even mention yeah. it? Do you, like, do you say happy Valentine's Day or nothing? Just let it pass. Um, <laughs> well... This is this is how my relationship works, Buffster. It's organic. Whatever sort of when I walk in the front door, <laughs> whatever comes out comes out. I haven't got anything planned. I haven't okay. got a repertoire. You know, uh, so I you're just, not going for dinner. Put no, it that no, way. no, 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 no date no. night. It's just, whatever comes out of my mouth, it'll happen, and that'll be it. And it'll either be a thumbs up or a thumbs down. Oh, I love it. And you'll move on. And I'll move on. Yeah. You're either in the spare bed or not. One or the other. <laughs> Oh, I love it. Um, all right, well, let's talk some racing then. Uh, aft cabin, $1.75 into $1.60 yesterday, all in in the Hobartville on Saturday. Uh, and it looks like, well, the stable mate, Golden Mile, is headed in a different direction. Yeah, you can probably understand why Godolphin are doing it, Jared, can't you? Because obviously you've got two really good three-year-old Colts. Golden Mile's already got the group one on his resume, so they can just pick and select their targets they want to sort of take on, I suppose, in the autumn. But us, Cabin, probably needs to get that group one on his resume. And I, listen, I'm not a massive futures punter, but I almost understand that, that move in the market already for him, $1.75 to $1.60. Because you look at that race in the Eskimo Prince, and there's some nice runs in, in behind him. But who's going to turn the tables on him on Saturday in the Hobart field? It's, it's very hard on, on face value at the moment before the barrier draws to, to see any horse going to improve enough to, to be able to peak back that margin on him. And, and no doubt you would have thought that James has left enough improvement in in Ask Cabin himself and getting out to the seven feelings that's going to suit him as well. So, yeah, very keen to see him back at the races there on the weekend. There's no doubt he looks like a, a Group 1 winner in waiting. I'd imagine that Ramwick Guineas is just a perfect target for him at the moment. I'm pretty sure he's going to kick off another box there on, on the weekend. Adam, can anyone beat Nature Strip in the Lightning Stakes? Yeah, Clark, it's hard to say yes, uh, given the potential strength of the field at the moment. We saw him trial down the straight in a, in a jump out at Flemington on Friday. Had a really nice hit out in Sydney before that, and... I don't think the depth in this field is going to be quite there on the weekend. I know Colin Gatter might be able to pose a few little issues to, to him. I suppose the big question we need to ask is, is, is he the same old nature strip that we've we come to know and love? And I suppose there were signs towards the end of the spring carnival there last year that maybe his form was just tapering off when he was just starting to feel the effects of an overseas campaign. But it, it just looks like an absolutely perfect race for him, doesn't it? And I still go back to this, this race last year. I know he was beaten by his stalemate home affairs, but you could make a case to say that I was almost the best run of his career in the in the Lightning Stakes last year because he made a mess of the start, caught that squeeze, and under Jamie Carr to settle way back in the field, which might his go, and he, he whizzed home and almost beat his stalemate. So that was an absolutely enormous run under the circumstances. So, yeah, very keen to see him back at the races there on the weekend. We know he likes a straight track, but I imagine he's probably going to be winning and probably going to start a very short course favourite as well. Um. Zaki, very, very good horse. Does he usually trial well? Because the trial looked a bit flat. He was very flat there yesterday, Laws. That's probably about as bad as I've seen him trial, to be fair. I think Annabelle Neeson virtually admitted the same thing after the trial there yesterday at Rose Hill. So uh, he was put under just a little bit of pressure by James McDonald and didn't seem to respond at all and actually weakened and uh, sort of fell back through the field. And the one thing that I did notice is just watching him sort of 100, 150 metres past the post, and there was just absolutely no zest there whatsoever. He was sort of even yielding even further ground past the post. So I don't know what happened there yesterday. He might have just had a flat day or an off day and just didn't quite feel himself. But I'd imagine if you're Annabelle Neeson, you're probably a little bit concerned about what you saw there yesterday at the trials, because usually he's a good trial horse. So 
Um, I'm not quite sure what she's thinking today, if he's put up with any issues. She said he seemed fine after he got him home yesterday. So, yeah, a little bit of a setback, I would have thought. And, again, he's, he's, he's an older horse. He's been a great horse for many seasons now. And sometimes these horses, when they do taper off, it happens pretty quickly. I'm not saying that's going to be the case with him, but certainly a few, I suppose, warning signs there yesterday morning. Go and give Liverpool a cheer in the Merseyside derby oh, yeah, for us sure. this morning, mate. Yeah, one of my favourite things to do, Jerry. <laughs> <laughs> have a good day. See ya. <laughs>